All right, back at it to conclude this four-part podcast series. We have already explored the buff mind, the buff body, and the buff spirit. In this podcast episode, I'm going to be exploring the buff bank. I want you to have it all. I want your money. I want your nest egg. I want your brokerage account to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger via 1974 as he was competing for the Mr. Olympia Bodybuilding Champion. I want you to have deep pockets. I want you to look jacked. Now, within this four-part podcast series, I have intertwined that catchphrase, the buff body, mind, spirit, and bank, in with a philosophical quote spoken by Socrates over 2,000 years ago. He said, know thyself. And within the English language, there is 180,000 words, approximately, ballpark speaking, right? And he strung together only two of them. Know thyself. And within that philosophical quote is a cornucopia, a plethora, a abundance of ways that you can break that down. Now, within that four-episode podcast series that I've created, we dive into and intertwine those aspects, those realms. Ultimately, if you do not know thyself then you are moving in the fog. Your life is a foggy London town. And man, we need to clear out all of that that fog. And we need to add some clarity into our lives because who knows, we could be heading towards a cliff. We might might be heading towards, you know, a, a sharp object. We might be heading towards devastation. So today I'm going to be talking about know thyself as it pertains to the buff bank. Now as a recap, Socrates, that ancient Greek philosopher, uh, he said, know thyself. And that emphasizes the importance of self-awareness and self-examination. It encourages individuals to explore their own thoughts, emotions, values, and beliefs. Now in the realm of know thyself and intertwining it with the buff bank is going to encourage you to explore your own thoughts as it pertains to money, your own thoughts as it pertains to getting money, the values of money, your beliefs about money, your emotions about money. Now, understanding yourself in the financial realm It can lead to personal growth, financial growth, better decision-making as it pertains to your financial moves, and a deeper sense of purpose. Now, why are you going to work? What are you working for? What are you saving for? What do you know about yourself? And what do you know about your financial overall well-being? Now, when you know yourself as it pertains to the Buff Bank, This is going to lead to a greater self-acceptance and self-confidence because when you know yourself and when you know yourself financially and when you know why you are going to work, why you are separating yourself from your family to go out and get that money, man, that's going to lead to confidence. Knowing yourself as it pertains to your financial goals, needs, and aspirations is going to allow for a better understanding of not only yourself, but of others. 
Now, it's going to provide a reference point for empathy, compassion. You're going to be able to see why people do what they do, their motives, their beliefs, all of these things. And this financial understanding as it pertains to the Buff Bank, this is an ongoing process and it requires introspection, questioning, and an open mind. Now, Socrates, he believed that true wisdom begins with knowing oneself as it forms a foundation for seeking knowledge and understanding the world. Now, we're going to need to understand ourself. We're going to need to understand ourself financially. Now, let's dive into that buff bank. Now, let's apply know thyself financially because this is going to involve a deep, understanding of your financial situation, your financial goals, and your financial values. Now, here are some ways that we can apply this concept. Number one is assess your financial situation. Take stock of your income, your expenses, your assets, and debts. Understand your financial strengths and weaknesses, as well as any areas that require improvement. Number two is going to be identify your financial goals. Determine what you want to achieve financially, whether it's saving for retirement, buying a house, starting a business, or paying off debt. Set a clear and realistic goals that align with your values and your priorities. Number three is understand your risk tolerance. Assess your comfort level with financial risk. Are you more inclined to conservative investments or open to higher risk opportunities? Knowing your risk tolerance helps in making informed decisions about your investments and financial strategies. Now, one of the questions that I ask myself that helps navigate me through life is I ask myself two questions. What do wealthy people do and what do healthy people do? Now, I have a podcast episode that talks about the realm of what healthy people do and what wealthy people do. You can find that in my catalog. I also have a podcast episode that covers the book, The Psychology of Money. And within the book, The Psychology of Money, that helps understand, or that helps you to understand your psychology behind money. And I created that one not too many episodes back. So after you listen to this, if you want to get a deeper understanding of yourself and as it pertains to the money-making process and why you go out and do what you do to get money, that book uh, that book helps you to understand yourself a little bit better. Another helpful insight is you need to examine your spending habits, analyze your spending patterns, and identify areas where you can cut back or make adjustments to align with your financial goals. This self-awareness helps you make conscious choices about how you allocate your money. Another tip is, one is you need to remain humble and that you do not know it all. We need to educate ourselves, continuously learn about personal finance topics, investment strategies, and financial management techniques. By expanding your knowledge, you empower yourself to make informed financial decisions and avoid pitfalls. So it looks like, hey, you know what? Putting some coins into a piggy bank, yeah, you know, that's fine if you're a teenager. Right, If you're a little kid and you have a little piggy bank and you're saving up your, your spare change, 
That's good for the elementary level financial beginnings. But as we grow and as we evolve and as we start to accumulate and generate more money, more income, our piggy bank is going to have to get a little bit bigger. It's going to have to get a little bit more sophisticated. And we're going to have to move our money as a wealthy person would move their money. Now, by applying the principle of know thyself financially, you can make informed decisions, create a financial plan that aligns with your goals and values, and work towards long-term financial stability and success. Now, as it pertains to that know thyself, understanding yourself, um, as it pertains to understanding your financial strengths and weaknesses, this is going to involve gaining insight into your financial capabilities, your financial habits, and areas where you may need to make improvements. Now, here is some breakdowns of this concept. Number one is going to be financial strengths. These are areas where you excel or have positive attributes in managing your finances. Some examples of financial strengths may include good budgeting skills, strong saving habits where you consistently save a portion of your income and, and you have built up a healthy savings account or a emergency fund, debt management, you have a good handle on your debts and are you making consistent payments, avoiding excessive credit card usage or high interest loans, knowledge of your investments. Uh, someone who has financial strength is going to have a good understanding of different investment options and are comfortable making informed investment decisions. Identifying and recognizing your financial strengths helps you leverage them to your advantage and continue to build on them for financial success. Now, our financial weaknesses, you know what, we're, we're going to need to take stock of our financial weaknesses. There are These are areas where you may struggle or need improvement in managing your finances. Some, exa some examples of your financial weaknesses may include overspending. Now, you may find it challenging to stick to a budget or control impulsive spending habits resulting in financial strain. Now, don't worry if you have trouble with your impulsive spending habits. Just know that there are forces outside of you who are pushing all of those psychological buttons within your mind, within your brain that make you need it. Or, you know, these Apple products or these people pushing, you know, the Starbucks or the Gucci wallets, you know, our social media, whatever it is, these are strong forces that push on all of our psychological dopamine receptors that just oh, they squeeze and secrete oh i gotta have it the iphone just made a new uh, a new upgrade uh i gotta have the newest this the newest that this tesla uh oh i need to go out and get this tesla everyone has it i need it right that those are impulses and when you learn about you know how the mind works a little bit more you can realize that when these triggers are being triggered and you can, you know, empower yourself to fight against it because ultimately, you know, everyone, they want our money. These billion dollar companies, you know what? They want to remain billion dollar companies. So guess what? They need to figure out and deploy sales tactics to get your money. They want to reach their arm as deep as they can 
into your pocket so that they can create a loyal customer, right? Because ultimately, man, that CEO, he needs his fourth and fifth and sixth mansion. And the way that he does that is by selling you stuff that you don't need. Now, another little aspect of financial weakness is limited financial knowledge. You have limited understanding of financial concepts, investments, or strategies, which may impact your ability to make informed decisions. So come on, people. Hey, we have Google. There's no reason to remain in the dark, dim, and dumb about any aspect that you are not, uh, you know, sharp on. So let's sharpen up those skills. I want you to have that buff bake, man. So at least you're tuning in to this podcast segment because I, I'm going to hopefully sow some seeds of thought into your mind. And that thought of financial well-being is going to sow into your mind, into your being, and it's going to flourish. I'm positive of that. Now, identifying your financial weaknesses is a essential step towards improvement. It allows you to focus on the areas that need attention and develop strategies to address them effectively. Now, I feel that it is important not only to talk about, you know, the positive aspects, knowing thyself, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. Now, what is the opposite? You know, it is important to understand hot And what's the opposite of hot, cold? What's the opposite of up, down? What's the opposite of light, dark? Right? So what is the opposite of know thyself financially? Now, this can be described as financial ignorance, financial neglect. And might as well be, hey, here's a gun. Let's go ahead and shoot yourself in the foot. Because... Man, essentially, that is what you do when you remain financially ignorant. When you neglect your finances, you take a gun and you shoot yourself in the foot. Man, (laughs) and that is a gut punch, right? You dig yourself into a hole. You shoot yourself in the damn foot. So come on, let's put the gun down. Let's step away from digging ourselves deeper into debt and let's explore what you know financial literacy is but first before we explore what financial strength is the buff bank let's get a little bit deeper into financial ignorance because man at some point we are all ignorant of our finances the fool is always the precursor to the Savior, and we will remain foolish until we learn from our our mistakes. When we get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then that is when we are open to learn. And until you arrive at that place, you're going to remain the fool. All right, so let's talk about financial ignorance. Now, this refers to a lack of knowledge, a lack of awareness or understanding of one's financial situations, uh, financial ignorance of your own goals and principles. It involves being unaware of personal financial matters such as income 
expenses, debts, savings, and investments. So there are people out there, if you ask them how much money they have, they're like, uh, all right, well, what, what, what debts do you have? Uh, I don't know. Well, how much money do you make? I don't know. How much money are you spending? I don't know. Well, do you have any financial goals? Uh, no, not really. Well, (laughs) all right, well, that says a lot about you. Now, financially ignorant individuals may have limited knowledge about basic financial concepts, strategies, or practices, which can lead to poor financial decision-making and negative consequences. Now, did you know this? If you spend more than you make, then you're doing it wrong, right? You can't spend more money than you make. While that may seem like common sense, there are many people out there who are in debt, bad debt. Now, if you are a member of the Gathering Strength Podcast and you find yourself in debt, hey, don't worry because I'm going to hopefully sow some seeds of practicality that you can implement in your life to turn that ship around. Another aspect of financial weakness is financial neglect. This involves neglecting or disregarding one's financial well-being. It is characterized by a lack of attention, care, or proactive effort in managing personal finances effectively. Financially neglectful individuals may ignore budgeting, fail to track their expenses, neglect savings for the future, or avoid seeking professional advice when needed. This neglectful approach can result in financial instability, mounting debts, missed opportunities, and limited financial growth. Now, let me pose this question to you. Which type of well equipped, mature, evolved adult wants to neglect saving for the future, wants to uh, ignore budgeting, wants to uh, shy away from seeking help. Come on, which one wants to miss out? Who wants to miss out on opportunities? Who one wants to, well, who wants to limit their financial growth? If you're one of those people, or if you know those people, you want to avoid them like the plague. Essentially, the opposite of know thyself financially involves a lack of self-awareness, knowledge, and proactive engagement in managing one's financial life. It signifies a disconnection from one's financial reality. Man, and who wants to be disconnected from reality? Not only in the realm of disconnected you know from your body disconnected from your spirit disconnected from your mind and disconnected from your financial reality come on there are people out there who are disconnected from reality uh, disconnected from their goals and then necessary actions to achieve financial well-being. It is important to emphasize the importance of embracing financial literacy, taking responsibility for personal finances, and actively seeking knowledge and understanding to make informed financial decisions. Now, how is remaining dim in the dark and dumb about your finances? How can this be harmful? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. Because financial neglect can be harmful in several ways. Number one, lack of financial stability. Without proper budgeting and expense tracking, individuals may struggle to manage their finances effectively. This can lead to overspending, accumulating debt, and living paycheck to paycheck, which undermines financial stability and creates financial stress. Missed opportunities. Neglecting to save for the future means missing out on the benefits of compounding interest and long-term investment growth. It can result in insufficient funds for emergencies, retirement, or other important financial goals. Now, let's say, you know, you overspend, you are spending more than you're earning, but hey, at least you have the gold watch, you have the gold chain, you have the $80,000 truck, At least you have all that. You have the jet ski. You have the RV. You have all that stuff. But you are one, one accident away from losing it all. Now, I don't know. If that is your priority, then hey, good job. You have all of the material possessions that make you happy. But it all can be ruined and taken away. If you should happen to get laid off, maybe there's a medical expense, maybe you get injured, maybe the economy collapses and your financial stability is non-existent. All right, so good luck with that. Now, financial instability, that can have significant effects on various aspects of a person's life. For example, mental and emotional well-being. Financial instability often leads to stress, anxiety, and worry about meeting basic needs, paying bills, and dealing with debts. This can take a toll on mental health, leading to increased feelings of insecurity, helplessness, and even depression. Now, if you are a father, a parent, a caregiver, if you're responsible for other people and you do not have your finances in check, if at the end of every single paycheck, you're saying, hey, man, where does my money go? And you have nothing to show for it. All right. Well, you are going to not only be, you know, financially stressed, have anxiety because your basic needs are in jeopardy, you're going to be stressing out your family. You're going to be taking yourself everywhere with you. And when the opportunity comes, like, hey, dad, can I go to the movies with my friends? You're going to be like, sorry, mija. Sorry, mijo. Sorry, son. Sorry, daughter. We, I, I can't afford it. Hey, dad, I need a new pair of shoes. Um, all right. Let me go and, uh, I guess, sell some blood because I, I can't afford shoes. Or simply, hey, let's say, you know, your family is going to a ball game or going on vacation or going somewhere. But guess what? You can't go. You can't do it. You can't participate because guess what? You need to work overtime because you are in debt. And now you're at work. You're doing your job. And you are sitting, you know, at work, knowing that everyone that you love and care about, everyone you wished that you were around more, they're at, you know, 
they're in Mexico, or they're in Hawaii, or they're, you know, simply at the beach, or just simply at the park, enjoying a nice day, but you don't have your finances in order, and because of that, you can't afford the time off, you need to be at work, you need to put in your 60 hours a week, and you know what? Because you have neglected your finances for so long, and you are so in debt, those 50, 55, 60 hour weeks, there is no end to that time that you need to put on. The horizon for your life is just at work. You are, you are just working, a working stiff. You have no time for your passions, your hobbies, your interests, your personal growth, your personal fulfillment, because all you do is work. To get yourself out of debt. Now, that existence can be avoided if you take inventory of everything that I've just mentioned. Now, let's continue to go down the rabbit hole of how neglecting your finances can F you up. Relationships and social interactions. Financial instability can strain relationships as it may limit the ability to participate in social activities, contribute equally to shared expenses, or meet the expectations of others. It can also create tension and conflicts within families or partnerships, adding additional stress to interpersonal relationships. Now, rather than being able to contribute to things, you know, you might be a mooch. And no one likes hanging around with the mooch. Sure, we, we all want to help people who are, you know, down on their luck. We want to, you know, give a handout. But you want to be the person who gives people handouts or helps uplift others. You don't want to be the person who is always constantly asking for money. Hey, can I get a loan? Can I get it this? Can I get that? Man, that's, that's going to be old. Now, this also affects your physical health. Now, because you are financially neglectful, financial instability can indirectly affect physical health through increased stress levels. Chronic financial stress can contribute to sleep problems, headaches, muscle tension, and other physical symptoms. Additionally, financial constraints may limit access to healthcare and prevent measures impacting your overall health. Now, let's continue to talk about how your financial neglectful ways can impact your physical health. Financial instability can indirectly affect physical health through increased stress stress levels. Chronic financial stress can contribute to sleep problems, headaches, muscle tension, and other physical symptoms. Additionally, financial constraints may limit access to healthcare and preventative measures impacting overall health. Now, because all you do is work, to get yourself out of debt, you're putting in those 50, 55, 60 hours, whatever it is, you're stressed at work, you're stressed at home, every single encounter that you have, money is on your mind, money is all you think about, where is my next meal going to come from, how are my basic needs going to get met, man, that is no way to live, you can't just be stressed all the time because of money. 
Now, being financially neglectful is going to affect your opportunities and your overall quality of life. Financial instability can restrict access to opportunities for personal and professional growth. It may limit educational choices, career advancement, and the ability to pursue one's passions or interests. Limited financial resources can also result in reduced quality of life, with fewer opportunities for leisure, travel, or personal fulfillment. Future planning and security. Financial instability instability can hinder long-term planning and create a sense of uncertainty about the future. It may make it challenging to save for retirement, invest in education, or establish a financial safety net. This lack of financial security can contribute to a constant feeling of vulnerability and limited control over one's future. Now, it is important to note the impact of financial instability on overall well-being because it can vary among individuals and and is influenced by various factors such as support systems, coping mechanisms, and resilience. Seeking financial literacy, developing a budget, and seeking professional guidance can help individuals navigate financial challenges and improve their overall well-being. Now that we have identified the pros and cons of being financially stable and financially ignorant, I'm going to introduce you to two of my financial mentors. Luckily and convenient for both you and I, they have created books. Books that are filled with insight, knowledge, wisdom, and things that both you and I can do. The first guy, his name is Robert Kiyosaki, and he has a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Now, this is a personal finance book written by Robert Kiyosaki, and here's a summary of his book, including some key concepts and, yeah, you know, some some nuggets of wisdom for you guys. All right, so the book tells a story of two dads, the author's biological father, who is the poor dad. And he struggled financially despite having a good education and job. And his best friend's father, who was the rich dad, he had a different mindset about money and wealth. Now, Robert Kiyosaki, he emphasizes the importance of financial education and understanding the difference between assets and liabilities. And because Robert Kiyosaki identified or the necessity to be able to identify the difference between an asset and a liability, I'm going to do that for you right now. If you don't know what an asset is or a liability is, hey, don't worry. I got your back and you're going to learn today. An asset is something that has value and can be owned or controlled by an individual or entity. An asset can be tangible such as real estate, vehicles, or cash, or intangible such as stocks, intellectual property, or goodwill. Assets generally contribute to a person's or organization's wealth or financial well-being by providing potential future benefits for or generating income. Now that we know what an asset is, let's talk about what a liability is. And pretty much a liability is going to be the opposite of an asset. Now, a liability, that represents an obligation or a debt that an individual or entity owes to others. 
It is an a amount of money or a commitment that needs to be fulfilled or paid in the future. Liabilities can include loans, mortgages, credit card debt, or con contractual obligations. Unlike assets, liabilities typically decrease an individual's or organization's net worth or financial position. So in summary, assets have value and contribute positively to one's financial position, while liabilities represent debts, debts or obligations that need to be fulfilled and can have a negative impact on one's financial understanding or one's financial standing. Understanding the distinction between assets and liabilities is essential for managing personal or business finances effectively and making informed decisions. If you didn't know that before, hey, now you know. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki's book. Here are some key points. The rich focus on acquiring income-generating assets, while the poor primarily rely on a steady paycheck. Assets are things that put money in your pocket, such as real estate, stocks, or businesses. Liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket, such as loans, credit card debt, or excessive expenses. Building a strong financial foundation starts with increasing your financial literacy and learning about investments, taxes, and cash flow. Taking calculated risk and learning from failures are crucial for financial growth and success. The importance of developing skills in areas like sales, marketing, and negotiation to thrive in the world of business and investing. It also talks about the power of passive income and creating multiple streams of income to achieve financial freedom. Now, this book is going to challenge conventional wisdom about money and encourages readers to adopt a mindset focused on financial independence, wealth creation, and taking control of their financial future. It provides practical lessons and anecdotes to inspire readers to think differently about money, make informed financial de decisions, and build a strong foundation for wealth. Overall, this book Rich Dad Poor Dad, it aims to shift readers' minds from relying on a job for income to becoming financially literate, building assets, and creating wealth through wise financial choices. Now, after I got done listening to this book, it made me realize that I was doing what the poor dad was doing. I was relying on my single income, on my nine to five job, and I was like, man, you know what? I need, to, I need to figure something out to generate some income and build my financial wealth. So what did I do? I started a side hustle. I started doing photography, which earned me my down payment for my house. And now because I have been a homeowner for the last, I don't know, maybe, maybe six years, something like that, about, about a 2017. Yeah, six years. And because of that, I have held on to my home and it has appreciated in, in value. So now I have some equity. If you don't know what equity is, hey, well, I'm going to encourage you to do some homework and type in what is equity into a Google search bar and look up the definition for yourself because that is something that wealthy people generate. Equity in their appreciating assets. And then another play that I took out of this playbook of what a rich dad does. You know, I went and I invested in a rental property. 
And now once again, I've, I've held on to that rental property for a number of years. That property has appreciated. And now I am experiencing something that wealthy people experience for themselves, which is called cash flow because my mortgage of that rental property is significantly lower than the rental income that property pays for itself via the renter making their monthly payments and then I also have the magic of appreciation working in my favor as well. So hey, thanks Robert Kiyosaki for helping me arrive at a firmer foundation of financial well-being. If you haven't read that book or listened to the audiobook, I would encourage you to go ahead and do that for yourself. Step up your game. Maybe that guy is going to, you know, sow some financial seeds of overall well-being in your mind and you will be able to interpret it in a way that, you know, that you express with your own create creativity and you'll be able to do with what you will with that knowledge so go on and get some for yourself another mentor of mine is Dave Ramsey now Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki hey they have two different philosophies when it comes to finances neither of them are right neither of them are wrong they're just two different guys who have built and generated their wealth by traveling two different paths it's important to learn as you know multiple different ways to your financial freedom so you can try different things and see what you gravitate towards now I took some wisdom from Robert Kiyosaki after I listened to that rich dad poor dad book and Dave Ramsey he has an awesome podcast also multiple books and a book that I'm gonna recommend to you is a book that is titled the everyday millionaire now this is a awesome book Dave Ramsey he has an awesome story so does Robert Kiyosaki learn learn about both of those guys and you're gonna see that they were just everyday everyday Joes they're just people just like you and me and if those guys can do it hey what's the what's stopping you and me other than knowledge and putting that into practice All right, so the book, Everyday Millionaires, written by Dave Ramsey, it explores the common characteristics and habits of individuals who have achieved millionaire status. Now, here's a summary of the book, and, it, and it, I'm going to highlight some key points. Number one, the book challenges the notion that millionaires are only found among wealthy or elite or those with special advantages. It presents a study conducted by Dave Ramsey's team that reveals the characteristics and behaviors of everyday people who have become millionaires. So what Dave Ramsey and his team did, they did a study and they may have studied around like, I don't know, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, a lot of people. And they asked them a series of questions and they analyzed the feedback that they got. And with that research or that information that the research illuminated illuminated them with they wrote a book about it now here's some of the highlights millionaires are typically hard-working individuals who have built wealth through consistent saving investing and living below their means 
If you don't know what living below your means is, once again, I'm going to encourage you to do some homework. I'm assigning you uh, summer school homework right now. So go out and type in your Google search bar. What does it mean to live below your means? Uh, some more nuggets of wisdom is they prioritize financial discipline and avoid excessive debt, opting for a frugal lifestyle instead. Education and continuous learning play a crucial role in their success. They seek knowledge about personal finance, investing, and entrepreneurship. They maintain a long-term perspective, focusing on building wealth gradually over time rather than seeking get-rich-quick schemes. Now, as it pertains to the get-rich-quick scheme, one nugget of wisdom as it pertains to investing, you know, there's going to be a lot of different people in social media, or hey, maybe you have some crazy cousins who have a crazy business adventure that are going to promise you to get rich quick. While that might happen to, I don't know, some lucky lottery winner out there, for the wide swath of people out there like you and me, this is going to take time. So be patient. And one of the nuggets of wisdom is that you're going to have to assess your risk tolerance. Now let's say you know, you learn of something, a, a Dogecoin or a Bitcoin, and you have a low risk tolerance, but you're unfamiliar with the highs and the lows that Dogecoin or Bitcoin or one of these cryptos can experience over the three months. You know what? You might want to kill yourself after you invest in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or, you know, whatever crypto is out there. And you lost 80% of your investment. You know what? You might want to jump out the damn window because you bet the, the whole farm on going to the moon. Unfortunately, according to Dave Ramsey and his everyday millionaires, that's not how it works. Now, you might be the exception to the rule. Hey, now good luck. I wish you all the best. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you... You can't hit a home run or a grand slam, but it's important to assess your risk tolerance. Now, many millionaires, they own their own businesses, taking calculated risk and embracing entrepreneurial opportunities. Giving back and being generous is a common trait among millionaires, often supporting charitable causes and helping others. Now, this book debunks several myths about mil millionaires, such as the belief that they inherit their wealth or they have a high-paying job. Instead, it emphasizes that anyone can achieve millionaire status with discipline, hard work, and smart financial choices. It provides actionable advice and practical steps for individuals to improve their financial habits and increase their overall wealth-building potential. Now, in my podcast catalog, episode 111, I review the book called Psychology of Money. And now, I would encourage you to go and listen to that one because that's, that is one that I go really in depth about, you know, the psychological aspects of, you know, why we view money as we view it. And I'm not just saying as a society, but as an individual, your personality, your characteristics, the way that you were raised around money, that influences um, your perspective on, on money. But also, within that podcast episode, I introduce a character named Ronald Reed. And Ronald Reed, man, he was a humble janitor for 30 years, 
and he lived to be 90 years old and through the power of compounding he was able to uh, to accumulate eight million dollars um, or his his loved ones and his community they were surprised at the time of his death he had eight million dollars in the bank and they were like man how did he do it he was a frugal guy now I want you to be able to afford the guacamole when they, when they offer it to you at your local taqueria. I want you to be able to afford an upgraded room. Be, you know, like when you go on vacation, they're like, hey, well, this price is going to be, you know, you're going to get the garden view. Or your room is going to be looking at the brick wall. Like, but, you know, if you play your financial game right, you're going to be able to afford that ocean front suite you're going to be able to afford that that sour cream and we all know how guacamole is extra and man i want you to be able to afford all, the, all that stuff i want you to be able to arrive at a financial position to where you don't even bat an eye you just say hey guacamole is extra all right i'll have a serving for everyone who i'm with and you know what guess what because you played your cards right and you were diligent and you upped your financial literacy, you're going to be able to pick up the tab for everybody who you are dining with. Now, I'm going to hang my hat on giving you guys some tools from Dave Ramsey himself. And this stuff, it is available all over the internet. If you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps, hey, go online once again. Enter in Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps into Google, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, see it with your own eyes. You can take a snapshot of the information, and according to Dave, to Dave Ramsey and his team and the people who he guides financially, if you follow these baby steps, you will, without a doubt, arrive in a better financial situation. Alrighty, now, baby step number one, save $1,000 for an emergency fund. Start by saving a beginner emergency fund of $1,000 to provide a financial cushion for unexpected expenses. Now, this emergency fund, life is inevitably going to throw a storm your way. And, you know, having an a emergency fund of $1,000, that can potentially stave off suffering, stave off, you know, poverty, stave off a bunch of hardships. So get that $1,000 in your bank and do not touch it. Just save that for a rainy day. Baby step number two, pay off debt using the debt snowball method. List your debts from smallest to largest and focus on paying off the smallest debt first while making minimum payments on the other debts. Once the smallest debt is paid off, roll the money you were paying onto that debt into paying off the next smallest debt, creating a snowball effect. Baby step number three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Now, this provides a safety net in case of job loss or other financial setbacks. Like I said, life is going to throw a storm at you. And, you know, don't take my word for it. Take take 
just the experience of life and the human condition. It's not always going to be rainbows and mimosas. It's not always going to be sunshine and skittles. Sometimes you're going to be up to your eyeballs in water. <laughs> right? So save three months. Three months of a of a fully funded emergency fund is going to allow you to ride that wave of hardship and tragedy and you'll be able to you know endure that much better when you have three to six months saved up now just think about if once again if you are a family man if you're a father think about you know your kids living in your car think about your kids having to live in a hotel you know think about them come on man let's look in the mirror you got people counting on you you need to have a strong back as it pertains to, you know, being buff financially. You're going to have to lift some heavy weights. Uh, let's see. Baby step number four. Invest 15% of income into a retirement. Now, Dave Ramsey suggests uh, uh, invest 15% of your gross income into retirement accounts like an IRA or employer-sponsored retirement plan to secure your future. Now, once again, these steps are supposed to go in order. First, you start at number one. You start at number two. Number three, which is save a three to six months of expenses. Number four, after you have done steps one through three and you are at now at number four, hey, invest that 15% so we can get that, that compounding interest to be working on your side. Number five, after you are done with number four, Number five is save for college. If you have children, save for their college education through options like 529 college saving plans or other suitable education saving uh, accounts. And based on Dave Ramsey's advice, this is something that I started for my child. And I'm not going to get into what the 529 college savings plan is. But once again, hey, you can go online, look it up for yourself and see if that is something that is applicable to you. If so, um, you know. Follow the necessary steps to open that up. Now, you know, whether it is the 529 or something else, the point is, you know, we're going to be putting our money to work. College is expensive. Education is expensive. It doesn't need to be exactly what uh, Dave Ramsey is saying. But, uh, you know, for the, for a wide swath of us people out there, this is a wise option. Baby step number six Pay off your mortgage. Focusing on paying off your mortgage early by making extra principal payments, which can significantly reduce the interest paid over the life of the loan. Now, once again, this is something I knew this before uh, Dave Ramsey mentioned it in his baby steps, which means, hey, I was a little bit ahead of the game. And if you're not familiar how paying, a, paying one extra mortgage payment per month is going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars of interest in the end. So if you're in a position to, you know, make that one extra payment, man, you're going to save hundreds of thousands of dollars at the end of your loan. And what type of person wouldn't want to save hundreds of thousands of dollars? Ay, 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 come on. 
And last step, hey, baby step number seven. Congratulations. You made it here. You are the man. You are the jefe. You are the big boss. And you know what? Snoop Dogg, he's the one who said, you want to be the boss, you got to pay the cost. So here we are, my guy. You're at baby step number seven. Build wealth and give. That is what you do at baby step number seven. Build wealth and give. Once you have reached the previous steps, focus on building wealth, such as increasing retirement contributions, investing in real estate, and other wealth-building strategies. Additionally, con- uh, continue to give generously and support charitable causes. Now that we have identified Robert Kiyosaki's philosophy and uh, Dave Ramsey's philosophies, there's other people out there who give you know, financial wisdom. Uh, we don't need to learn a hundred different philosophies ultimately they are all going to say the same the point being is that we need to save we need to earn save invest plan for a storm and and contribute and help lift up others i think right now I am on baby step number six. I am paying off the the mortgage, and I am paying off that one extra, uh, that one extra payment per year on my house. And eventually, you know, I'm gonna end up at baby step number seven. While I am paying off my my mortgage, hey, you know, I, I'm still giving. I'm still building wealth. I'm still, you know, side hustling doing all these things, trying to get some intellectual property out there. I have a book that I am writing. This podcast is starting to generate me some money. So, hey, good job, Rube. I have some dividends. I got that the IRA. I have multiple streams of income. And now, this is not to brag or say, hey, I'm balling out of control. What I am simply saying is that prior to learning this knowledge... I was just earning money, trying to ball out, and man, still ending up unhappy, unfulfilled, miserable, aimless, meandering, and ultimately, man, just being blown into all types of rocky shores. Now, because I have financial literacy, I know where I'm going, I know what I want out of life, man, every dollar that I earn has a place and a purpose. Now, that will do it for this episode and this four-part series. The buff body, the buff spirit, the buff mind, and wrapping it up with the buff banked. I want you to be well-rounded. I want you to look like, in all of those realms, like Arnold Schwarzenegger via 1974 as he was dominating the Mr. Olympia Bodybuilding Championships. I want your veins to have veins. I want you to look jacked. Life is heavy physically. Life is heavy mentally. Life is heavy spiritually. And life is heavy financially. We're not always going to have people there to give us a spot. Now, thank you so much for listening to the end of this podcast. I hope that it sows some seeds within you to... I don't know, help you navigate through your journey a little bit better. I know that this stuff has helped me. And, you know, that's just something that I'm trying to do.
expose people to things that they may have not otherwise been exposed to. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Give me a follow. Give me a rating. Drop a comment. And until next time, you know what time it is. It's onward. Always onward.